Thank you so much for joining us today for our LifePoint podcast. At LifePoint, we believe everyone's welcome, nobody's perfect, and with God, anything's possible. Hope you enjoy. Well, good morning, everybody. How are you today? Yeah. Uh, my name is Danny Rivers, and I'm one of the pastors here at LifePoint. Man, we're so glad you're here. Happy New Year, everybody. It's 2020. How fired up are you? Yeah. Well, on behalf of all of our pastors, all of our staff and team, I just want to say uh, we're so happy that you're back here for the first Sunday of the year. We hope you had a, an amazing uh, holiday season and you're fired up about 2020. I, uh, we're starting a brand new series today, and, and man, I'm just so glad that you are here with us on this very first Sunday of this brand new year and this brand new decade. I think it's so important how you start a year. I really do think it sets the tone for so much that happens throughout the year. I think it's important how you start anything. Uh, I, I have heard it said when launching anything brand new, whether it's a, a, a church or a business or some sort of organization, and what, what, what I always heard is that birth weight matters, meaning how healthy something starts, how strong something is when it starts that that matters. And those of you who've had children born premature know how important the baby's weight is uh, at their birth. Um, and, and it makes such a difference in terms of their first few weeks and days and even months and sometimes even years. And, and, and I think it's true of anything that how you start it uh, matters. Amen, somebody? It matters. And how you start 2020 matters and, and starting it strong in God's house on the first Sunday of the year, for me, it's so important. Um, uh, how, how you start something matters, and it's why, by the way, we start the year with 21 days of prayer and fasting, and, and it's not to score brownie points, it's not to check off a box, it's just to make sure that we are giving God our first and our best as we fast and praise, pray, and as we do this, guys, those of you who are joining us throughout this process, for part of it or all of it, um, these days of seeking God will help align our hearts and our minds to know and to do what God's will is in the days and the months coming ahead. And, and there's a principle I want to give you, and this is not the sermon, I just have to say this stuff as we start out this year. Um, there, there's a principle I think that you should keep near and dear to your heart. It's, it's been my family's motto for a long time. We don't like talk about it out loud, but this is the way that we live our lives. And that is this, that when you give God your first and your best, he promises to bless the rest. It's, it's, it's all throughout the text. When you give God your first and your best, he blesses the rest. And so I would encourage you and sort of challenge you to live by this. And I think that in the coming years and decades or whatever, you will not regret making this the way that you operate your life in terms of your time and your talent and your, and your resources. Um, so thanks, man. Thanks for being here on Sunday number one. And I hope you're going to join us uh, for 21 days of prayer. Just real quickly, Monday through Friday, right here in this room from at 6 a.m., you can come for part, you can come for all, whatever you can do. Some of you won't be able to do that at all. So what I'm going to challenge you to do is on your way, on your drive to work, maybe turn off talk radio or whatever it is that you're listening to and, and put on the one-year Bible uh, on your phone and let that play. Let the, let the Word of God be just read to you by somebody who has a great voice and reads really well. Uh, listen to some prayer music or worship music or whatever and just spend some time uh, doing what you can to, to join us in this thing. And then on Saturdays at 9 a.m. Um, and what we're doing and what we did last uh, in, in the fall was we're joining literally thousands of churches all around um, America and really beyond North America um, who are joining with a church called Church of the Highlands in, in Birmingham, Alabama. And their live prayer service, we're kind of all, they televise it out and we're all kind of just grabbing it and it's 
phenomenal and powerful. And so that's what we're going to be doing on Monday and Fridays and Saturdays. We're going to gather here with, with our, our worship team and, and, and our speakers and, and prayer teams. And it's going to be it's going to be great, man, and it's going to really, I think, set a great trajectory for the year. The, the series is called Better, and I'm going to explain that to you a little bit more in just a moment, but I want to start out with this. How was 2019 for you? How, how was 2019 for you? As you reflect, as you think back on it, um, how was it? And some of you, like the first service, people were going, boo! And I was like, whoa, 29 is offended right now, or 19 rather, not 9. I'm confused. Um, 2019. <laughs> Um, I've seen a lot of reflective posts um, the, the first few days of the new year on social media. And almost without exception, most of them that I read uh, were talking about people saying how difficult a year it was. And so Rachel and I, my wife and I, were walking on New Year's Day. We walk around our neighborhood a lot. And we were walking around and we were talking about how people had had so, such a tough year this year. And we were thinking through our own 2019. And the fact is that we had some really tough things happen for us in 2019 from the very this time last year was super challenging and difficult uh, for me personally and then this fall um, we had a cancer scare and and then a, an ensuing surgery to remove some stuff and and then my wife was involved in a really bad car accident with my youngest daughter and totaled the car and there were some injuries and some therapies that had to be done and 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 and, and it was that was hard there was hard stuff and then of course those of you who've been in a wreck or have had surgery, you know that there's some impending um, uh, bills coming your way. And so come, can I get an amen on that? Like, you crashed into me. Why am I paying for anything? Come on, I got a little bitterness still, y'all. Anybody? Um, I, I need the Texas hammer. I will hammer you. <laughs> Don't tell him I said that. It'll probably hammer me. Um, but anyways, as we started to talk through it, we were like, yeah, we had some t- tough things, some hard things, but we, we just chose to remember the good. And uh, we used our memory as a way of reminding us how good God was to us, how faithful he was to us, and and what a difference he had made in our lives, and how we were going to look at 2019 as a year that God did great things in our family, in our home, and and in our church. And I think it matters how you use your own memory. I really do. This is not my message today, but I think it matters that you, you, instead of focusing on all the bad things that happened, you remember the good stuff that happened. Can I get an amen on that, somebody? So I, I think it's normal and natural for a lot of us, not everybody, but to when we approach a new year, to look at it as a fresh start, a, a blank p- piece of paper, you know, that we can write on a lot of you're like, eh, it's no different than the last week. And that's really kind of true. Uh, nothing really changed except that we have in our minds that this is a, a fresh slate. And so we have focuses, goals, resolutions, whatever you want to call it that we do, where I want to lose weight, I want to lose, I want to pay off debt, I want to make some more money or save more money, I want to advance in my career, I want to get closer to God, I want to get closer to my family, Wh- whatever it is. I want to eat more broccoli, I want to cut up credit cards, whatever, like the opener. And then if you're like me, then you, you sort of imagine an idealized version of what that thing is. And so for me, it would be like a goal, like I need to lose, I, I want to lose 30 pounds, or I want to lose 800 pounds, or whatever it is that you need to, like I need to lose. And, and so, you know, you imagine in your mind whatever is like, like the idealized version. So for me, it would be like this um, right here. Like, I, I ask Leslie... I'm going to throw Leslie. I said, Leslie, whoever's good looking right now. And so here's, here's who Leslie thinks is good looking, everybody. <laughs> kind of weird for me to say it. So anyways, uh, but, but, but like Thor, right? Like Thor's a good looking guy, right? So that's the ideal. But, but then here's the real. Here's the real. Um, <laughs> that's, that's real right there. 
can't imagine how many times I get stopped going, hey, are you Jim Gaffigan? Like, no. Like, I had to take a picture with somebody. I think you really are. Just take it with me just in case you're really Jim. So I'm pretending not to be Jim Gaffigan, but maybe I am. Who knows? So th- th- there's the ideal, and then there's the real, right? Like, ideal, like, if I lose 30 pounds, though, look, it, it ain't going to happen. Come on. I just, I'm just going to be a skinnier version of that guy, right? Um, it's funny, right? Because um, it's true. It's true. In, in life, there is the ideal, and then there is the real, right? Come on, isn't that just true? There's, there's the ideal, and then there's the real, and the issue is when there's often a, a, a gap, and sometimes the gap is very significant um, between the two. There's who we, I want to be and who I am. There's where I want to be and where I am. And sometimes that gap is daunting, right? Sometimes the gap is so great that it causes us to not try to take steps to move forward at all. We get paralyzed into inaction because the gap is so great. Like, like it's great to have a vision for where we want to get. It's so important uh, to have a vision and to get clear on where I want to be, to have a dream board or whatever it is. So, so long as the vision isn't so far away from my reality that it stops me from starting. Does that make sense? That it's such a big gap that it stops me from starting. It's the ideal versus the real. It's, it's uh, another way I could say is perfection versus reality, right? Perfection, like it can can be, some people are like, I'm a perfectionist, and I always laugh at that because really you're not, right? Because people who are perfection, I'm not gonna stop. I'm gonna stop. I'm just, I'm gonna keep moving. Um, we, we, we think if I could get this perfect weight, if I could get to this perfect house or this perfect car, if I could get from here to there, when I get there, my life is gonna be great. It's gonna be awesome. And the problem is, is that perfect, perfect is a moving target. Because if you're a visionary person, you're like, if I could just get there, and one day you actually work your way to that amount of money or that house or that car, and what happens when you get there? You're like, man, if I could only get there, because that's what visionaries do. The closer they get to their vision, what, what happens is they push it out further ahead of them. That's, that's what visionaries do. And so it's a moving target, and you never get there, and so you end up feeling frustrated and down and angry, and a lot of times you feel like a failure. So what if we decided to refocus our fight for perfection and just choose a better way a different mindset. What if we decided instead to just aim for better? First service, they went, oh yeah, that's good, amen. Right? You guys are like, no, nah, we don't get it yet. So hang on. <laughs> like, what if I just focused on being a better spouse, a better friend, a better husband, a better man, a better woman, a better leader, a better boss, a better neighbor, a better employee, a better follower of Jesus? What instead of, instead of getting forced into inactivity by the, by the gap that exists between where I am and where I want to be, what if I just said, I think I could just, I'm just going to try to get better? Like, isn't that better? Rather than doing nothing, isn't better better, right? So better, if I'm a three right now on a scale of one to ten, I don't let the fact that I'm not a ten make me get stuck. I just strive to become a four. I just try to become a four. I just want to get better. I have a goal. I have a vision. I have an ideal. But there's many steps along the way for me to reach my goal. And so it just becomes this, this, this sort of generalized notion of one step at a time. Better is, is important because unlike perfect, better is attainable. Better can actually move us forward, even if in just small ways in our lives, in our careers, in our relationships. 
So as we start this new year, maybe we shift the mindset from the idealized version to, hey, let's be honest about where we are. You can't, can't move forward if you're not honest with where we are. And I would love to be there, but I'm just going to focus right now on just better because I think better, the pursuit of better is better than the pursuit of perfection. <clears throat> and some of you are like, eh, I don't know about that. Well, two years from now, just start trying to do something rather than focusing on bit. Anyways, per- perfect. So th- there's a saying that says, practice makes perfect, right? Say it with me. Practice makes perfect. The problem with that is it's not true. Come on, you're like, man, I just told my kid that yesterday, bro. He just blew it up. (laughs) Practice doesn't make perfect. It's It's not actually true. Practice, though, makes better. Practice makes better. Doesn't make perfect. So practice, so practice, not perfect. You with me? practice not perfect so new new mindset i have a vision i have some goals i have a focus i have a resolution whatever it is i i want to be better in 2020 not 17 man i'm all off 2020 2020, thank you and i haven't started writing that yet you know because i you know you always jack it up so but what if i just started practicing that whatever the thing is whatever the, the goal is the resolution whatever what if i just started practicing towards that i can get actually better at pretty much anything if I just start practicing at it, you can get better. So, I love this quote from Tony Robbins, and then we're gonna get to the, the Bible here in just a second. Hang on, just a second, I promise. Gotta set this up. He says, once you have mastered time, the understanding of it, you will understand how true it is that most people overestimate what they can do, uh, can accomplish in one year, and they underestimate what they can achieve in a decade. Now that's so important because this is not only the first Sunday of the year, it's the first Sunday of a new, what, decade. And I'm thinking out. I'm thinking long range. I'm thinking just get better. Like whatever the ideal is, I, can probably, I probably can't do that in one year. But day by day, little by little, and it may take me years to get to the ideal. And my job and my responsibility is just to grow a little, to get better a little. And the gap starts closing between the real and the ideal as I take small steps along the way. And, and, and here's what I'm going to suggest that at the start of the year, you got to decide, you got to focus on what, is, what matters most. You have to decide, you have to decide consciously what matters most. I, I've said this before, but it's direction that determines, uh, direction, not intention, that determines destination, right? Like, let me just, let me make that practical, I, and I've used this illustration before, but like if I tell you today, I'm going to leave today, and I'm going to go down 37 slash 281 south, I'm, I'm going to go down to the beach, I'm going to go to Corpus, that's my intention, but if I get on 37 north, if I get on 281 north, it doesn't matter what my intention is, direction will determine my destination. I won't end up, come on y'all, I won't end up at the beach no matter how much I want to. Direction matters, direction matters, direction matters. Focus, what matters most? Which direction should I take? First Sunday of the new year, what's, what matters most? Because direction determines destination. So Jesus is teaching the greatest sermon ever. We call it sort of colloquially the Sermon on the Mount, right? He's up on a mountainside. He's teaching the people the mount. He's teaching, he says he got, he got on the side of the mountain. He taught his disciples, but while he's teaching them, there's a lot of other people listening on as well. And he goes through Matthew chapters five, six, and seven. In chapter six, he's actually going to tell us um, what matters most. So here's what he says in verse 31. He's been giving a discourse on not worrying and not focusing on all the things you think you gotta focus on and need. 
And, 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 and so this is sort of the summary statement of that teaching. And he says in verse 31, so do not worry saying, what shall we eat? That's what some of you are thinking right now. As soon as he's done, <laughs> what shall we eat? You're texting your wife right now. Got any side of them big red? Yeah. <laughs> Somebody said earlier that I had brain, brainwashed his wife about Big Red, and she buys it even though they don't drink it. I was like, well, <laughs> could bring it to me <laughs> after these 21 days. You know what I'm saying? Um, anyways, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the pagans, people who are not followers of Jesus, people who are not concerned about what Jesus is concerned about, he says, for the pagans, run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. He's not saying you don't need them. He's not saying it's bad to think about them. He's just saying, hey, don't spend a lot of time worrying about them because your Heavenly Father knows that you need them. So we learn from Jesus that there's all these things that we could focus on, what we're going to eat, what we're going to drink, what we're going to wear. And by the way, when you watch television, all these, all these commercials are, derived, are, are, are driving at you telling you, what are you going to eat? What are you going to drink? What are you going to wear? And in, in, and in our culture, what are you going to drive? Think about all the commercials. It's about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, and what you're going to drive, or what you're going to wear, right? And, and so what the culture is telling us is that these are the things that are important to having the, quote, good life. The, the, the advertisements are saying, life is these things, and when you can get more of them, when you can get these things, then you have a more uh, fulfilled life. And Jesus is saying, listen, the pagans run after these things or, or they make these things the most important things by the energy that they expend pursuing them. And he starts the text by saying, don't worry about it because if you worry, if you worry about it, if, you, if you're focused on these things, you're gonna spend your life striving and grasping and clutching and trying to hold on to stuff that doesn't matter. You're gonna, you're gonna worry. And Jesus is saying, don't be fooled by that lie. Like, 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 like life is more important than, than that. Your priorities and my priorities are misplaced if, if, if life and trust is put in things. If hope is put in things, you'll always worry, you'll always wonder, and that's what Jesus is getting at. And so he's trying to get them, and, and by extension us, to ask ourselves, what is it that I'm seeking in life? What's the most important thing to me in life? In, in 2020, it's, it's a fresh year. Many of us are thinking what should I focus on? What's the direction that, the trajectory that I want? Like 2020, it's going to start here. I'm going to end there. What's that trajectory going to look like? What's the destination that I want to achieve? And, and, and I have this fresh new year that I'm starting out on. What direction should I go? What should I pursue? And Jesus answers that. Don't miss the lesson here. Jesus tells us, don't worry about the stuff everybody else is worried about. Here's what I want you to focus on instead. Here's the direction I want you to go. Verse 33, famous text. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all of these things will be given to you as well. And and therefore, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow's going to worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. In other words, focus on this day. Focus on right now. Like, have a vision out there. Focus on doing what, what I want you to do right here, right now. Seek first God's kingdom and God's righteousness. So before we get to your, the health stuff and the career stuff and the relational stuff and the financial stuff, first seek or pursue what matters to God. This is what Jesus is saying. We're starting out this year giving God our first and our best. That's why we do 21 days of prayer and fasting. We're starting out giving God our first and blessing. We, we know from what I just told you that he's gonna bless the rest. And that's what Jesus is saying here. Seek first God's stuff and then when you do all this other stuff that other people are worried about, will be added to you as well. Listen, 
I, know, I don't know what you think about pastors, but I remember some kids coming up to me going, what's your job? And I'm like, I'm a pastor. No, 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 that's what you do on Sunday, but what do you do during the week? And then the parents were like, yeah, what do you do during the week? Like, like, I have a real job here, everybody, just FYI. We all, all of us do. There's some pastors in this room today, and they're like, trust me, I got that same question today, you know what I'm saying? Like, what do y'all do? It's like, I, I, listen, I, I know that you guys think that we're just reading the Bible and walking around praying all day long and like floating on a harp or I don't, floating on a harp? I don't know why you'd float on a harp, but anyways, like I live in the real world too. There's a lot of pressure and there's a lot of stress and there's a lot of responsibilities. There, there's, there's even desires, you know, vocational ones and hobby and, and, and career stuff and recreational stuff and, 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 and I may desire to pursue this thing in, in my sort of regular world, but all of those things are fine. Jesus never says, that those are bad things. He says, all those are fine so long as they are not the first thing. They're not the first. The kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven, we just sang a song about it. The kingdom of heaven is quite literally the rule and reign of Jesus in the world, but it's also very personal. It's personal. It's I'm supposed to, what Jesus is saying, I'm supposed to seek first or make my first priority to get better at making sure Christ has full reign and rule in my life, in my decisions, in the way I handle my relationships, in the way I handle my, my interactions with other people, in the way I handle money. I'm to make the priority of pursuing God first in my life. So you ask yourself, as I am right now, am I seeking God's kingdom first? Am I really doing that? Am I seeking the, the conscious and practical rule of the Lord Jesus Christ worked out in my everyday life? Is that what I'm seeking? Am I pursuing his righteousness? Like, am I desiring to see the holiness of God imparted to me by grace, lived out in practical ways in my neighborhoods and in my community and with my friends? And is that what I want? Because if that's what I'm pursuing, like people can take away what I eat, what I wear, what I drive. They can, that can all be lost. Some of you have had fires in our church that you lost everything. That can be taken from you. But the rule and reign of Christ in my life can never be taken from me. That's what's happening here. And oh, by the way, Jesus says when I'm actually doing this, when I'm actually focusing on it, the byproduct of that focus and that direction is that all the things that I'm tempted to make the main things will actually get added to me by my heavenly Father who wants what's best for me, who wants me to live in joy and peace. So I don't have to spend all of my energy like the rest of the culture does pursuing what I'm gonna eat or drink or what I'm gonna wear. And do you know why? Because Jesus says, my heavenly Father is focused on those things for me. If I focus on him, he's focusing on what I need, right? Listen to me. When I make what's important to God important to me, do you know what he does in response to that? He makes what's important to me important to him. Did you hear that? If you make what's important to God important to you, he makes what's important to you important to him, and that is a much better deal for you than it is for him. Come on, somebody. Right? And, and frankly, if you're like me, you would say, I'm not always good at that. Like, I'm telling you, I'm not always good at what I'm saying to you right here. Sometimes I've lost momentum in my spiritual life because I've been distracted from the most important things trying to have momentum over here or momentum over here in my life, but not in what's most important to God. And you might say, well, you know what, Danny? Yeah, I'm not so good at seeking first the kingdom of God either. And what you're describing is the ideal, like, okay, that's what Jesus said we're supposed to do, but like, I'm way over here, 
and, and there's a big old gap. There's the ideal over there, but I'm over here in the real, and, and what am I going to do? And I would just tell you, and I would tell me, that's okay. It's, it's practice. Alan Iverson, you're talking about practice. Anybody? Okay, three people know what I'm talking about right now. Four dudes know what I'm saying right now. It's practice, not perfect. Listen, are you, you hear what I'm telling me? I'm telling you, it's pr- it better is greater than striving for better is greater than striving for perfect. So, so here's what's always been true about Jesus. Now, now just engage your brain if you if you're already thinking about what you're going to eat or who's going to play later on. Like, it's just not the Cowboys. I know that for a fact. The Cowboys are not playing. Maybe they're never playing again. I don't know what's going to happen right now. Good games yesterday, though. Tom went down. That's all I'm saying. Brother Tom went down. We'll pray for that brother uh, later on. <laughs> Here, here's what I know about Jesus. Go read the Gospels, which are the, the teachings, the doings, the sayings of Jesus, the actions, the miracles of Jesus. They're the records of all of that. And when you hear these teachings of Jesus, you'll hear Jesus always pointing people towards the ideal, but giving grace for the real. You with me? Remember, there's real and there's ideal, and there's always a gap between the two, and there there exists a tension then for those of us who are trying to follow Jesus between those two worlds. I know Jesus said that we're supposed to do this thing over here, but in fact, and we're supposed to think like this, and we're supposed to do this stuff, but in fact, I'm kind of over here and all of that, and and, and there's a gap, and and here's what Jesus did with the gap. Jesus taught and pointed. He didn't dumb stuff down. Listen, go read it. He didn't dumb it down. He pointed towards an ideal. For instance, in the chapter before this teaching, the end of that chapter, chapter 5, he says, hey, be perfect as my Father in heaven is perfect. Do what now? Did he really say that? Yeah, he really said that. Be perfect just like, and you're like, I'm way over here, man. You know, I can't, I don't, be perfect. He always pointed us towards an ideal, and yet he refused to condemn those who had fallen short of the ideal. Matter of fact, John, John, one of Jesus' friends, he would describe himself as his best friend, said in John chapter 1, he's describing Jesus, that, that, that the word became flesh and, and made his dwelling among us, and, and, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father full of, what? Grace and truth. He came full of the ideal and, oh, by the way, he came with grace as well for the real. This is who he was. This is the dilemma. This is the paradox, the, the, the gospel really, that Jesus pointed toward an ideal. He said the kingdom of heaven is like this or it's like that. And always it was lofty. It was, it was, it was raising a standard for where people was. For instance, in, in, some, in the time of Jesus, it was against the rules to, uh, to, to commit adultery. And everybody knew what that meant. The Old Testament had laid it out clearly. If you have relationships with somebody other than your spouse, you hooked up with them, you committed adultery. And Jesus goes, nah, it's really more than that. They're like, well, what is it? He says, so if you've ever looked at a woman lustfully, you've committed adultery in your heart. You know what that does to every guy there standing to him, with him in the room? And, oh, by the way, and every woman. Come on, y'all, I'm not letting you off the hook either. It made them an adulterer. They're all going, the ideal, that, that's, the, that's the ideal? It's, it's too great. Jesus, what are you going to do to us who've all committed adultery in our heart? How are we going to be okay? And Jesus would say, I'm going to die for you and I'm going to forgive you. Really? Yes. So, 
So then which one is it? Is it the ideal or is it the real? It's, it's both. The standard got higher, but the grace got deeper. The, the standard with Jesus got actually higher, but the forgiveness became richer. And this is how Jesus worked, and it confused some people. He's, he's the perfect balance of grace and truth, but he always pointed towards the ideal while giving grace to those who were less than ideal. So the tension I have to exist is, am I gonna continue to catch a vision for what God wants for me while living in the, the tension of I'm not there yet, or am I gonna dumb down what Jesus said and go, eh, I'm just gonna live any way I want to and call it okay? You see the tension that exists? There's an ideal out there, but there's real. And in the middle of it is, is grace. And here's what I know. Here, and, and I didn't come up with this, this statement, Andy Stanley did, but it's a genius statement. This is what I'm trying to point you towards today, that following Jesus will make, you, uh, make your life better, and it will make you better at life. Seeking first the kingdom of God, even though you're here and it's there, choosing that today to seek first the kingdom of God, following Jesus will make your life better and it will make you better at life. I guarantee it. And you're saying, I may not have spiritual momentum right now in this area, but Jesus said, seek first. And it's the first Sunday of the year. It's the first Sunday of a decade. And even though I, I'm not there yet, I'm just gonna start. My job is just to start by putting him first in my life. And I do that with practice. I just try to get 1% better, 2% better, 5%. Better. I just, I try to get better with practice. So let me finish here and I'm done. Paul the Apostle wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. He wasn't a follower of Jesus. He was actually an obstructionist. He was fighting the ways of Jesus, the teachings of Jesus, the idea of Jesus, until Jesus has an encounter with him on the road to Damascus, changes his whole life. He, he starts planting churches. He starts raising up young men in the gospel, and Timothy is one of those guys. He sends him to, start to, to pastor a church. He's young in the faith. He's trying to help him understand, you know, hey, let me, let me give you some insight. And, and this, what he says here is so relevant to our conversation today. He says, have nothing to do with godless myths or with wives' tales rather than, rather, Train yourself to be what? Godly. Let's say it together. Train yourself to be godly. You just start practicing following Jesus. You're here in the real, and that's the ideal, putting, seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and you just start practicing. You just start getting better. Because here's the thing, though. Here, here's, the, here's the rub for this. Let's be honest. Many of us subconsciously think, subconsciously think that I'll just get better at stuff as I get older, as I, as I mature. I'll get better at prayer. I'll get re better at reading the scriptures and getting into God's word. Yeah, that's not going to happen. You're not going to just get better. You don't level up on anything in life just by, without, just by wanting to without practice. You see, and I said this last year, but time itself alone doesn't change who you are it just reveals who you are. Listen now. Time just reveals who you are, and it makes you more of who, who you are. You're like, it's 2020. Yeah, it's going to be the greatest year ever. Not if you keep doing the same stuff you did last year. Right? Here's the, here's the issue. You and I have patterns that we have, have picked up in our lives, and unless we change the patterns, we're going to keep getting the same product, which is why Paul says, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, Romans chapter 12. So the truth is, we get where we want to be, and we get where we don't want to be the same way, one step at a time.
Some of you are going, I cannot believe how I let myself go in 2019. I can't believe the debt I accrued in 2019. How did I get here? The same way you would have gotten over there in the idealized thing, one step at a time. One negative step in the wrong direction, one positive step in the, wrong, in the right direction. It ends you up where, you, where you're going to end up, one step at a time. So Paul says, hey, Timothy, I know there's a gap maybe between where you are and where you want to be, but I want you to practice being godly. So what Jesus did in the Gospels, what he gave his followers, and to us by extension, are practices through which God can give us the power to change and grow in ways that we cannot grow by ourselves by sheer willpower alone. He gave them practices. I I read recently that in the Western world, there are people, younger people, who are choosing to, to be drawn to Buddhism rather than to Christianity because they have understood some way that Buddhism is a religion of practices, but Christianity is a, is a religion of beliefs. And I don't, know, I don't know who defined Christianity that way, but it wasn't Jesus. Christianity is not a following of a bunch of teachings. It's the following of, of Jesus. Come on, somebody. And, and we follow Jesus, and we practice his ways, and we engage in his ways. In fact, in fact, our belief and our confidence that his ways are right often grows out of us practicing his ways. Let, let me say it this way. We get more confidence that his ideas, his ways, however hard they may seem, are actually the best way the more we put them into practice. That's, the fa- that's a fact. Train yourself to be godly. What is Paul talking about? What does it mean to train yourself in the first day of the year, the first day of the, uh, a Sunday of the new decade, to say, my direction, my trajectory is going to be to seek Jesus first in his kingdom and his righteousness. Like, what does that look like? It means that you practice certain, you do certain practices and exercises that will and experiences that will empower you to do eventually what you are currently unable to do even though you're trying with all of your might. So for instance, if I say to you, hey guys, my goal this year is to run in a marathon. Well, after you finish laughing at me, you would say, I, I, and I say, I'm taking off right now. I'm gonna run out the door. And I'm gonna go out and run a marathon. You guys would know we gotta pick him up about quarter mile down the road. <laughs> Brother ain't gonna make it to Starbucks even up there. You're not going to even get there, right? I could try as hard as I want to go run a marathon or a half marathon or an eighth marathon or a 12th or a 126th marathon. <laughs> I'm going to fail. What have I got to do? What have I got to do in order to make that happen? Can I do it? Yeah, I can. Will I do it? Absolutely not. I got to go into training. And do you know what I have to do if I'm going to get if I'm going to run a marathon? I've got to start arranging my life. Listen now. I've got to start arranging my life around certain behaviors and certain trainings and certain practices. I got to I can't I can't just make it a spoke on the wheel of my life cuz it's too big. It's got to be the main thing. So Jesus would go out into nature and he, would, and he would spend time in quiet. He'd absorb his mind into the words of God, the word of God. He would spend time in community, community with his followers. 
like and, and his brothers in arms and he would go out and they would do life together and and he would pray and he would he would fast and he would he would he would do these things he had, he arranged his life so he modeled for us he shows us how to to do it and and we have to be the kind of people who will trust that what Jesus said and what he did is the right way to do things we got to believe that and we got to arrange our lives it's practice versus not perfect it's it's training versus merely trying hard because listen to me all my life so much of my life i i would hear a sermon about you need to pray more danny you need to fast more danny you need to read the bible more danny and i'd be like all right i'm gonna fast you know i'm a young man in high school i'm gonna fast and i'm gonna i'm gonna go a whole day without eating food today and like by 9 30 the girl in front of me's hair looks like a curly fry and i'm like dear god it's like elf and i'm reaching under the seat like looking for some gum you know anything Normally, you're never hungry, but if you decide, hey, I'm not going to eat today, you're starving by 8.17. Am I right? Come on, man. That's all you're thinking about. It's like taco. Like, you don't even see me right now. It's just like a taco right on top of my shoulders, right? And I would fail. I would fail inevitably. And then I'd feel guilty, and I'd beat myself up. And I, and I had a cycle of this over and over again, and, I, and I've just decided there's got to be a better way. There is a better way. It's the way of Jesus. It's the way of training versus trying. It's, around, it's about arranging my life around some practices that will em- empower me to do in the future what I can't do right now. And the truth is, and I, I hate to say this, but the truth is for so many of us, Jesus is not the center of our lives. He's a spoke on the wheel. And Sunday is the, stay, is the day that we kind of twing that spoke. Hey, Sunday, I'm going to go to church for an hour and 10 minutes. Sometimes Danny goes an hour and 15 or 18. But but I'm going to go do that, and I'm going to check off a box, and that's not how you move from there to there. I'm not talking about legalism. I'm not talking about if you don't pray more, if you don't fast more. I don't know why I went country there, but I did. It, like, like, that's not it. Let, 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 me, let me give it to you like this. This is an illustration I've used before. Imagine um, a sailboat. Imagine a motorboat, right? Most, some of you have a boat, and you, get in the, you go to the lake or you go to the ocean. You crank it up. You fire it up. You go where you want. You got power. You go where you want. You steer it however you want. You're in full control of it uh, to an extent. But a sailboat's different. My wife and I had a chance to go on a sailboat this year just for an hour or so, and they gave us a, ch- a chance to, to run it, and, and we almost died. We were up almost in Cuba before we knew what happened. Um, I wasn't very good at it. But with a sailboat, a sailboat's a different animal altogether. You raise the sail. You try to point it in the direction of the wind. But you, are, you, you, you do everything you can. You steer, you steer the rudder but you are fully dependent on the wind to cause you to move. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit is like wind. He blows, John 3, he blows wherever, the wind blows wherever it wants, right? And my job is to position myself to catch the wind, to do whatever it takes to get the wind of God to blow into our sails. That's why we pray. We don't pray a certain amount. It's not about how long I'm praying or how many verses I'm reading. It's not about how, how I get through the Bible in a year. It's about how the Bible gets through me. That's what's most important. So I do whatever it takes to get the wind of God to blow into ourselves. That's why we pray. That's why we open up ourselves to God in worship. That's why we read our Bible. That's why we fast. That's why we volunteer. That's why we do a life group. We're trying to position ourselves to catch the Spirit's wind. And then what happens is a magical thing. Because then, the wind blows wherever he wants to. 
And all of a sudden, I don't know which direction to go, Pastor. I don't know which direction to go in my life. I don't know which direction to go in this thing. But if I open up myself to the wind, the wind blows where he wants. And all of a sudden, he starts leading me and guiding me. All of a sudden, I become spirit-led. Galatians 5. Keep in step with the spirit, Paul says. How do you do that? You open up the wind. You say, God, I'm going I'm to devote myself to 21 days of prayer and fasting. Yeah, D- Danny, I, I don't know how to pray for an hour. That's okay. You could wake up tomorrow five minutes early and say, God, I don't know how to pray, but, I, but they gave me this book at church on Sunday. By the way, we have these out there, and inside this book is the Lord's Prayer, and it's a model. It's not really something I'm supposed to memorize. You can, but it's not really. And so I open this book up, and I don't really know how to pray, but it says, Our Father in Heaven, and then it says right here, Connect with God relationally. God, so I, I understand that you're my Father and that you want what's good for me, and you understand all that. I just want to say thank you for being my father. And then you're done. You don't know what else to say yet because you're new at this game maybe. And you say, it says, hallowed be your name. And then it says, number two, I'm supposed to worship his name. And then it gives me some stuff here, the names of God, that God is our righteousness, that he makes us clean, that he's our sanctifier. He's called us out and, and set us apart. He's, he's our healer, that he heals us of all of our diseases. And, and m- maybe you just start out by just reading this. God is, is a banner of victory over us. He's defeated our enemies. He's, God is our shepherd. He, he speaks to us and he leads us. He's our peace. Maybe you spend five minutes with that tomorrow. And you're like, well, Danny, that's, that's cool. That's awesome. Thank you for that. And, and listen to me, by the way, I, I've used this book. I've got like seven of these, and they're all different colors because we change them all up, to, uh, up of the time. But now I don't even need this book anymore. You know why? Because I can walk around. If you come here on Saturday or Monday through Friday, you're going to see me right over here. And I'm, I'm going through the Lord's Prayer now because I've practiced it so much now that it's not ritual. It's not rote. It's not memory. It's like, oh, I'm going to come into God's presence Father, thank you so much for your goodness in my life. And I'm just going to practice it. Like, I'm way over here right now. I don't know how to seek first the kingdom of God, but I'm going to practice. I'm going to practice the presence of God. I'm going to practice prayer. I don't know how to read, get, read through the whole Bible in one year, but yeah, but could you get your phone and, and open it up to the, 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 to the Bible app, and then, oh, there's all of these little devotional things here. Oh, this is a five-day one. I'm gonna, I'm gonna commit to five days of getting into God's Word, and it takes like two minutes to read this little devotion in these three or four verses, and, and even though I'm way over here, I'm practicing. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Makes me to lie down in green pastures. Leads me beside the still waters and he restores my soul. And slowly but surely as I'm practicing God's word and I'm practicing God's presence and I'm practicing prayer, all of a sudden God's wind begins to blow in my sails and stuff starts to move and, and things start to shift and things start to change. And all of a sudden I wake up and I go, you know what, I'm not over there yet, but I used to be there and now I've, I'm here. There's progress there's movement. There's forward movement in my life, and I've gotten better. I'm not perfect, but I've gotten better. And then the wind blows where he wants, and he changes me, and he renews me, and he strengthens me, and he gives me courage, and he gives me joy, and he gives me peace in the Holy Spirit. That all comes from seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all this other stuff that everybody else is worried about, it's, an, it's a side benefit. Amen, somebody? So the goal, that's the series. Let's just work at getting better.
Can I get an amen from somebody? Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for this time. Thank you for these amazing people. I pray that the word of God will find good soil, good ground in our hearts so that the trajectory, the direction that we take this year actually gets us where you want us to go. That this church exists, Lord, our church, LifePoint Church exists to help people go from where they are to where God wants them to be. That's what we're here to do. We're not here to, to judge anybody for where they are, to beat up anybody for where they are. That's not what we are because we're all imperfect. Nobody's perfect. Uh, everybody's welcome. Nobody's perfect. And with Jesus, anything is possible. And so we're just saying, God, move us. We're going to pursue you. We're going to make you first. I pray these things in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said a good amen. Hey, thank you guys so, so much for hanging out with us today. God bless you. Thanks so much. Hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If this ministry has impacted you in any way and you'd like to help us continue to reach others, please visit lifepointsa.com slash give to make a donation. We hope you have a great rest of your week and we hope to see you soon at one of our Sunday worship experiences. God bless.